Good morning, everyone. It's eight minutes after the hour of 8 a.m. Mountain Time. It's Saturday. It's December 9th, uh, 2023. Tommy Goloff, your morning mayor in the house. Shaman Tobin, half man, half amazing, is in Kamloops, Canada. And a balmy, and 18, a balmy 18 degrees when I drove in this morning. <laughs> there you go. That's 100 uh, below silver. zero in metric. <laughs> It's uh yeah it's it's cold here too but no no snow no rain mm -hmm. we we had some frost from a a little dusting we had a couple of days ago but nothing since uh, August it's just unbelievably dry yeah we've had a little snow but uh, not a not not much we usually always have pretty good snow by Thanksgiving but we didn't get it this year <laughs> so I don't know what's going on so. Anyway, Tom and Shane, uh, we're here. We're making radio great again. Metal floss for your brain. We're this close to actual entertainment. And it's National Llama Day, Shane. And it's also, and this is a good one, Shane. <laughs> it's International, okay. it's International Anti-Corruption Day. <laughs> so, Perfect. So Hunter, Hunter should be calling in. I was gonna say, I wonder what Trump and, and the Bidens are doing today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Christmas card day. Do you send out Christmas cards, Shane? Of course I do. Yeah? Okay. Uh, but yeah. I don't have your address, so I can't send you one. Oh, no. Well, I don't know. I uh, The mantle's full anyway now. So. Okay. <laughs> And it's also National Pastry Day, so I got to pick up something after uh, the show. I guess I'll go get some uh, Ooh, some uh, bear claws or something. I don't know. Is that pastry? Boston <laughs> Green Donut. Tim yeah, Hortons here. That's what I need. So yeah. Well, it also Hanukkah started a couple days ago. Um, uh, unfortunately, we don't have any uh, Jewish listeners uh, because uh, we're on Saturday, and uh, no. No uh, technical stuff on Saturday. No phones. No uh, laptops. No uh, radios. No TV. Uh, none of that. So uh, we'll still our, our Jewish listeners can listen on the replay <laughs> when they can right. when they can open up technology again. But uh, yeah, no technology on uh, Saturdays for uh, the Jewish folks. So we uh, still wish them a happy Hanukkah as uh, we move into that uh, into that season obviously so yeah well yeah beautiful day in the neighborhood well uh, the big news i guess hunter biden shane uh, you heard about that uh, three felonies six misdemeanors uh, in addition to the firearms charge in delaware but uh, spent millions of dollars on a lav uh, uh, extravagant lifestyle easy for me to say and uh, Forgot to pay his tax bills. That's right. Or paid them late or something. I don't know. I'm not sure if he got everything paid or not. But anyway, they got about $1.4 in taxes that they uh, uh, that he owed uh, during a period of time when apparently he didn't pay them. So. Well, the good thing is we got it right. We said he would get charged, and uh, he'll mm -hmm. probably get convicted even with a jury trial. But the, the end result was uh, the judge in, in Delaware. When we commented, we knew he was going before with this deal he had made after five years of an investigation, five years to get mm, here. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. And, you know, and she looked at it and, said, and, and then she, she started reading the agreement. And the amazing thing about this is, is that as the judge in court was reading the agreement that he had agreed to, 
with the your Justice Department. Now remember, this is his father's Justice Department. Right. You know, she says to the. Wait a second. Have Have you ever seen a deal like this before? <laughs> and the prosecutors that work for his father said, "No, we we there, there's no precedent for this." Well, I'm throwing this one out. You guys obviously can't agree on anything here on this, so uh, come back. Well, yeah. we came back, and <laughs> now we know what it's going to be. So, All right. Well, yeah, if he's convicted, um, could receive a maximum of 17 years in prison. I doubt he'll get anything other than some kind of a fine. Uh, I seriously doubt no. he'll do any jail time. No, he's going down. The, the only way no, he gets he out of it is, that, as I said to you before the show today, that to save his dad and his own butt, he tells everyone, actually, the big guy was Obama. Well, yeah, should do that. <laughs> Let's see what the callers have to say. 406-522-TALK is the number, 406-522-8255. Caller, you're on the, with the award-winning Tom and Shane. What's going on? Good morning, you Swiss Army nod. <laughs> Good morning, young man. How are you? Terrific. How's Merry Shane? Christmas. Thank you, uh, and the same to you, gentlemen. You mentioned the uh, indictment. Don't you find this rather uh, good timing? Um, you know that he um, that they're going to bring up these charges right before he has to appear before the house. Yeah, we wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, he's uh, they're debating. Uh, the Republicans want him behind closed doors. He claims he wants a public uh, hearing. So. I know well, why he wants to be in public. I don't know if you were shaking. Well, Tom. Do. Well, Tom. Uh, <laughs> I think all he's, you know, he 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 can plead the, you know, he can plead the Fifth Amendment. I mean, he could just sit up there mm -hmm. and say because he's been indicted, has these charges against him. Yeah. And, and I find it very curious. And 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 Mark Levin made the point. They're, they're telling you how much, uh, you know, he didn't pay in taxes. But where did this money come from? You see, that, that's mm -hmm. the key because that could, uh, and and Levin pointed to it. This could turn around, and and somebody else mentioned it also on one of the talk shows, and I forgot who. This could turn around and be a violation of the Farah Act if they, you know, if they know where all this money comes from. Now that's a whole different mm -hmm. can of worms. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's well, that, more that's serious. what they got Trumps. I'm sorry for interrupting you. That's what they got Trump's no, fellow okay. for, right? Was the foreign foreign act of uh, having to file and you know foreign agent, you yeah. Know, you're a foreign yeah. agent, yeah. and so mm -hmm. that's an even bigger charge because they're individual charges. So, yeah. uh, he, you know, he those are like five year charges for every failure to do so, and he'd like have six. <laughs> yeah, the foreign right. dead there, Thomas. Yeah, no, I know. The, no, that's uh, just a dial tone. That's uh, that's all part of um, the yeah. um, non-corruption day. Isn't yeah, it's our, yeah, it's that's our Looney Tunes yeah. phone system, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not amazing. You only get it. You get you get one day to be non-corrupt, but then 364 yeah. days you can be corrupt. It's that's amazing. it. Yeah, yeah. That's, I find that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's interesting, too. This also comes up. Uh, they're on the verge of voting for the uh, impeachment inquiry. Um, and I think I would I would hope all Democrats vote for that. It's not go, it is going anywhere. But um, I think all the all the Republicans should band together over something, at least. 
I agree. Uh, um, Tom, is, is the inquiry come up before the articles, or can you present the articles before there's an inquiry? Boy, that uh, I do, don't I, know. Well, didn't they do that in the case of Trump? Uh, yeah, you, you, you can, you, they can go for articles of impeachment at any time. They're, they're slow mowing this, so it's a burning dumpster Biden fire from, you know, during, mm -hmm. you know, from now through the election because of what, you know, they've done yeah. to Trump and, and indicted him. So mm -hmm. basically the Congress is investigating him to impeach him, which yeah. gives them all the powers uh, of the Congress and the continued investigation of any committee or all committees. Yeah. You know, w w once you get to an impeachment situation it becomes a vastly different, um, you know, you know, thing. You, so it, you, 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 you create an impeachment committee and that's it. Everything else is sort of locked down for investigating. It's the same with the charges. You know, I can't yeah. talk to I can't mm -hmm. talk about this because, you know, I'm in the middle of an ongoing investigation. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, doesn't have to, he doesn't have to plead the fifth. He can just say, I, I have nothing to say because this is an ongoing investigation. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't I don't think he'll plead the fifth. Um, the I think the reason he wants um, he wants to be uh, public uh, with the with his testimony is that each person who questions him only gets five minutes. <clears throat> so he can pontificate all over the place for five minutes. Um, and, you know, it's going to go nowhere if he's in if he's in private. They've got a lot longer time to uh, to uh, go after him, and that that of course would be a transcript that will be released to the public. Well, that, that's what they Trump. did to Trump's children. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. his uh, three children went before these committees, and you know, uh, several you know for several well up to eight nine hours mm -hmm. over two or three days. And the other the other aspect is you're absolutely right. If they have this committee hearing. Uh, they, as you said, you know, they can ask all the questions they want. They right. can take all the time that they want. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's it's obviously, and we we already know what he's mm -hmm. going to say because he you know he spoke this week on a podcast and mm -hmm. said I'm the victim. The Republicans are coming after me, which is just a joke because it's not. It's his father's attorney general and <laughs> yeah, his people are going after him. <clears throat> Yeah. Well, it's also well, interesting too that this uh, this comes up, this this uh, builds a fire under the impeachment inquiry because as long as we've got Hunter in the news, let's keep Joe in the news, so the Republicans yes. are going to take advantage of this before the primaries start because they'd like to see Joe go down in flames in these primaries. Thirty-seven days to well, Iowa, I, number one. And I, Jerry, well, I, what, what, what is this with your president lying? What's your position? With who? With who? Biden lying constantly about all of this. Well, he's pathologically um, been that way for quite some time. Um, listen, listen to all the uh, sound bites that people have got, uh, you know, presented over the years uh, on all the talk shows. I mean, come on, you know, he 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 was a truck driver. He he did this. He did that. Yeah. You know, but. but it's just it's it's in his DNA. That's that's the problem. Yeah, I think. That's but, it. And and it's a sh it's a shame. It really is. That's why I firmly believe an inquiry is to me is not the way to go. Just mm -hmm. throw the articles out there. He's violated so much in, in the Constitution. 
about how to keep, you know, keep the country safe and mm-hmm. and 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 do what's best for the country. He's violated his oath of office. I mean, it's right there in the Constitution. And speaking of that, there was a texter last week who called, who, who texted in, and he said uh, I should read the Constitution. It was regard to the Santos matter. Oh. And I wish he would. Te- I would like him to text or call back and tell me what part of the Constitution I'm supposed to read in regard to that, because if you read Article 2, Section 4, it's very clear. It's a very short article, but it, mm-hmm. it, 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 due to impeachment mm-hmm. or, or removal for high crimes and misdemeanors, yeah. and none of these people have been convicted of that except mm-hmm. for Bowden, who just got censored, and that's all he got was censored for his pleading guilty to a misdemeanor i emphasize that point and yeah i think speaker johnson expressed the same the same mm-hmm. sentiments exactly there's no equal justice right there especially yeah. in the halls of congress so if that texter would please inform me what part of the constitution i'm i'm willing to admit a mistake <laughs> that this guy unless it's house rules tom yeah. there's probably some house rules that you know have that i don't know about and i'm not there yeah. so true I, I might be ignorant of that fact all right but, Hey, did you guys watch the debate? We did watch the debate. I did anyway. I don't know if Shane did. but Well, Tom, do you I think did. it was a debate or what was it? it uh, from what I heard, it, it didn't sound like a debate to me. Well, well, the, 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 best line, the best line of the night, Jerry, was from that ex-New Jersey governor that weigh, weighs about 360 pounds when he pounded this podium and said that Trump wasn't healthy to run for president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. What wasn't healthy? Trump. Trump wasn't healthy. Oh, he oh, he oh, accused oh, Trump oh. of not being healthy enough to run for president. <laughs> that was oh, my. But did he mention that did he mention that Mr. Biden is healthy enough to do so? No. <laughs> yeah, they didn't mention Biden much at all. That's that's no. the problem. Oh, okay. All right. But, but you well, know, look, yeah. I, George, I just think that you know, impeachment is a political dead end for the Republicans. They're, they're better to keep I the agree. dumpster fire burning with the investigation. And you have five or six committees that can talk about it on all the talk shows and all. I mean, the, the stuff they're coming up with is clearly overwhelming. So it's better to talk I about agree. all of it. Because if, if you start an impeachment process, it shut down the opportunity for any of these guys, congressmen, to go on TV and talk about it. Uh, uh, yeah. I agree, Shane. I agree. And I said this before. It's not worthwhile because if you're going to do it, do it, you know, a whole cloth. Go for the articles. Forget the inquiry. You know what I'm saying? Well, and if he, if he loses drop- the election, and if he loses, they can impeach him afterwards. I mean, you, they can impeach a president in office or out of office. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought he can be indicted after office, but not while he's in office. <laughs> Well, he can be indicted after he's out of office, you know, but I'm talking about the Congress. You know, if, if oh, oh, oh. the Justice Department could indict him before, yeah. during, I mean, after, but not before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's the same thing that happened to, uh, uh, you know, your famous uh, president of 92. Bill Clinton. Yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way, Jerry, I want your opinion on this. Did you see Putin's going to run again? Now, this is good. This is the fifth time he'll run for president of Russia, six-year term. That's 30 years. Who was president when he first got elected? 
Clinton um, in 92. The guy who's been running R Russia right. since 1992. Yeah, think about it. Isn't that I mean, incredible? Why don't we interfere in their election? They interfere in ours, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jerry, I got to go. I got a call waiting. <laughs> okay. Thanks for taking Merry my Christmas, call, guys. Sir. Have a great weekend. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. Feller, thanks for waiting. You're on the air with Tom and Jane. What's going on? Uh, good morning, boys and girls. And I'm telling you, Tom and Jane, I drank a whole cup of coffee waiting for you three guys to shut up. Well, uh, I'm telling you. I'm a, it was interesting, though. I got to say, uh, boy, can you guys talk. Well, I guess that's talk radio, right? That's right. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I think one of the most important stories right now that we have to talk, and uh, Tom, if there's a, a break, I'm going to ask, please, to let me continue what I want to say here. Uh, we just found out in uh, the last few days that uh, Joe Biden uh, behind the uh, backs of the American people, have been has been making an agreement with the uh, Pacific states of Washington and uh, Oregon to uh, breach dams on the Lower Snake River, and uh, this would uh, this would just destroy um, our power independence and and Western Montana, and I have to say uh, it's outrageous, and uh, I have contacted all of our state uh, representatives on this. Now, I'm going to say something here, and I think that the solution is, is very um, um, easy here and right in front of our face. And uh, I, there's four Indian tribes that are suing the government. Uh, they've been doing this for decades because they're mad about the salmon, cutting off the salmon and the steelhead fish. And uh, the four tribes are the uh, Yakima, which only amount to 10,000 people. We've got the Nez Pierce. 3,500 people in that group. The Confederated uh, Umatilla, 3,100 people. And the Warm Springs Confederation, 5,000 people. This amounts to about 21,000 people. And uh, they want to destroy uh, the dams. And, uh, you know, this area of western Montana uh, that they want to flood, um, is there's, there's uh, wheat farmers there, and they produce 10% of our uh, wheat exports, plus there's other people okay. living in this, you know, in this, these river valleys. And uh, the only person, people who can breach any dams is Congress. And I don't know what Biden's trying to pull here, but it's not going to work. And on December 15th, there's a federal judge, a liberal uh, left-wing judge, uh, who these uh, um, whack jobs and environmentalists have twisted around their finger. He's supposed to sign this. And I want to tell you about the cost of this. A breaching of the four dams on the Lower Snake River and replacing the services would cost between $10.3 billion and $27.2 billion. And uh, 21,000 people who are crabbing about salmon fishing and uh, losing our independent powers. Uh, we have uh, hydroelectric dams, and we have the cleanest and the most efficient uh, electricity in the whole country, or the world for that matter. Uh, it's not worth it. And I'm going to say something that I've been saying for a long time. And State Senator uh, uh, Keith uh, Regier, R-E-G-I-E-R, -E -E said the same thing last uh, this, this past January. Uh, it's time to maybe eliminate uh, Indian reservations. And I want to make my point here uh, because most of the people on them are mixed. They don't even know if they're so-called Native American or not. 
And uh, there's so many conflicts. There's, there's so much crime. And, you know, they cost American taxpayers $20 billion a year, 326 reservations. And you never see any improvements. And I'd like to know where all this money is going and how it's being spent. And, of course, they really got upset when, when he, he suggested this idea. But I, I don't see why an audit of Indian reservations isn't warranted here. And I just think that it's time to eliminate them. This is the 21st century and get them into, because I tell you, if they don't start incorporating themselves into uh, the modern world, they're going to just become extinct. And it would, and the crime rate is just astronomical. They can't control it. The Mexican cartel is taking over our, some of our reservations here in our state. And uh, just give them the land that they're on and forget the reservation status. So I think that would help with this uh, situation because they're using the same thing, our culture, our people, and blah, blah, blah. We, this is 19th and 18th century. We, we, we've heard all this before. We're in the 21st century now. Move on. And there's only one tribe in the country that's really doing very well, and that's the Navajo. And that's because they're in the 21st century. As a matter of fact, they, do, uh, uh, they work a lot with NASA. And NASA's been helping them uh, with their, uh, maintain their uh, tribal languages and, and a lot of their customs and things. And Aaron uh, Yazi, he is a young uh, Navajo mathematician who works for NASA, who had a lot to do with the, you know, the, the rover that's on uh, Mars right now. So I just think this is something that we all kind of should consider and uh, get on this story right now because December 15th, that's not a whole bunch of time. As a matter of fact, our state senators and congressmen were just in total shock. So get on this story. Uh, it's not right. It's not fair. And uh, we just can't do it. All right. You got it done, Nancy. <laughs> Thanks for the uh, call. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> All right. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this first segment. We'll be back. We've still got to talk about uh, Christy thinks Hunter will do jail time. And uh, we've got to talk about the debate a little more and uh, what to watch Trump's calendar, trial calendar is coming up. we got to talk about that. We'll be back with more Tom and Jade right after the news. Stay tuned. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. It is 27 minutes before the top of the hour. It's Saturday. It's December 9th, 2023. Tom and Shane in the house. Happy to be along with you today. Thanks for joining us. And for our text line, Shane, transcript. Nobody will read transcripts like nobody reads indictments or the Mueller report. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to. I mean, you, 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 elect, you elect people to do that. <laughs> Banging my mic here. <laughs> I'm still waiting to hear what crime the so-called Biden crime family has committed. Hunter grifted some suckers, but is that illegal? Well, if he was acting as a state agent, it's very legal. Uh, strongly suggest people Google uh, Victor Shokin and why the Western world called for him to be fired before they claim Joe Biden did it by himself. Okay. <laughs> well, we've gone over Victor uh, <laughs> months and months and months. And uh, we don't care. Uh, what did Biden lie about? Uh, discussing his financial dealings with his son. That's what he lied about. Oh, uh, and re receiving <laughs> money from his son and having yeah. money and information sent to his home address in Delaware for his son about his companies and letters from China. 
in Ukraine. I mean, it, <laughs> this list is so long. It, it, it's almost too much yeah. to even talk about, right? That's how bad it is. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Uh, what did Biden lie about? His grifter son would uh, call dad to help his grift, but there's no evidence at all that Biden had any financial ties to his son's grift. Well, not yet, maybe, but... Well, that's because you know, even CNN announced, you know, that Hunter yeah. Biden was indicted and, and, and MSNBC did. They, all the networks did. But then they, you know, they backed, you know, his father. And, mm -hmm. well, his father is not part of the indictment. His father has nothing to do. He's just, it's just his son. Well, yeah. if it was mm -hmm. just Trump's son... Can you imagine what they would be saying? Like, seriously, <laughs> let's put the shoe on the left foot. No, the right foot. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Shane is mocking a man over his weight. Uh, for the record, Christy never said anything about Trump's health. The question was, is he fit in light of his actions? And reminder, econ news this week, unemployment record low, stock market records high, domestic oil production all-time high, driving down gas prices. So it's not what's driving down gas prices, but <laughs> no, that they, they is supply and in, demand. In California. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I mean, there's still 6 to $8 in California, depending on the blend, yeah. right? You're right. Well, because they have all theirs trucked in and they have special blends. So, yeah, that's right. That's it's right. more that's expensive right. to make. Yeah. Well, for yeah. people who may not know, be aware of that. So, yeah, we're under uh, we're under three bucks a gallon here, Shane. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so uh, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Regarding dams, Nancy needs to calm down. Presidents don't have that authority. Well, she didn't say they did. Excuse me. She said uh, that Congress had the authority. And well, Congress mm -hmm. does, but they're, mm -hmm. they're under the oversight of the Army Corps of Engineers, which right. we talked about a lot because yeah. of the border. And uh, the, the bottom line is, you know, it, it would it would it would I, I looked into it. It did a bit of a dive. And the, the dams that they're talking about would require anywhere from six months to a year for them to properly lower mm -hmm. before you know this could happen so because it's a federal issue and they're under the auspice of the army corps of engineers it would be congress's duty to pass legislation ordering them to destroy mm -hmm. the dams so yeah. it, not gonna happen <clears throat> well yeah because of the money you got to appropriate the money and all money bills start in the house so right. and the senate would have to probably go yeah. along with it as well so uh, Indians have some modern casinos. They're their own nation. Uh, that's very true. Uh, John Stossel did a YouTube a uh, couple of years ago. It's probably still yeah. up somewhere. Uh, that the uh, uh, the reservations that don't depend on the government have their own banks. They're doing very well. Uh, they don't have the crime problem. They don't have the drinking problem. They don't have the drug problems that uh, the other um, the other um, uh, reservations do that are uh, in, entirely supplied by the government. So take... Uh, and if, if I may, uh, the, the real issue here has always been the tribal council that, of course, runs the individual tribes' uh, money. Yeah. And the, the, the tribes that aren't doing well, it's because the council is basically paying themselves off. And, not, you know, it's sort of like government, you know, they, they mm -hmm. you know legislate money and they don't either they don't spend it or they spend it on something else 
Yeah, there you go. From our text line, 406-478-8298, impeachment committee equal witch hunt to damage Biden. Well, I would would say uh, I disagree with you a little bit, Shane. I think they should bring this impeachment inquiry, and I'll tell you why. Because we've got primaries coming up. If it goes nowhere, that's fine. If it doesn't go anywhere, that's fine. But it'll still be in people's minds when they go to vote. So, Well, I agree with you. I, that's not what I said. I said to impeach him would be a political disaster because it would, you know, it would create a problem where the Democrats could take the argument that, you know, they're delaying legislation and they're interrupting the operation of government. Mm-hmm. That, you know, an impeachment hearing, which we saw what happened with Trump twice, mm-hmm. is basically it shut everything down, which was great for the Democrats because they didn't have to do anything. Yeah. They were in charge of the House and the Senate, and and but they couldn't do anything because they were in this process called impeachment. So, yeah, the inquiry should yeah. go on and the dumpster fire should they should keep feeding the fire. Let let everybody find out what really went on. Yeah, I would I would still think they should go ahead with impeachment. If the inquiry goes, I think they should go full bore after it. It won't go anywhere because of the Senate, obviously. But still, well, so there's no point still, doing it. Well, it's That's, still yeah. on the record. You know, you still got Trump impeached twice, and everybody calls that up. So, no, but it then mm-hmm. becomes a political benefit to the Republicans to tell the American people. You need two-thirds of the Senate to vote for impeachment. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's not going to happen because the Democrats are going to you know, support mm-hmm. Biden. And it gets back to this issue of a global war. Um, you know, the, the only way that if, if Biden stays in the race is you end up in a war and he becomes a war president. And the global war now just heated up this week you know, in, in uh, northeast uh, South America. Oh, isn't that amazing? Who? What two countries? Oh, yeah, Ghana and uh, oh, what's that other country? Oh, Venezuela. Oh, well, that's interesting because guess what's right off the shore of on the coast of Venezuela? Oh, it's an American territory called the Virgin Islands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow, all you know, this is not good. And then yeah. you have. Um, a very disparaging John Kirby on Wednesday. Now, he's the national security advisor to Biden. And, uh, you know, he, he got up in the White House press room mm-hmm. and he, he stated right there, he said, if Ukraine falls, Putin may attack the eastern part of NATO. And, and of course, you know, when, when asked now since October 7th about the IDF, um, he, he would always answer questions to him about, uh, hypothetical questions. He said, I won't hypothetically speak to what's next after the uh, Israeli Defense Force is finished. But in, in this context, he, you know, he hypothetically jumped in on Wednesday and told the world that if Putin takes over Ukraine, he's going to attack NATO. Now, if that isn't <laughs> someone standing up for war, you know, in your country to make Biden a war president, I, boy, I, I don't want to be right about this, Thomas, but it's not looking good, buddy. Yeah. And, you know, on, on top of that, you know, you have all these issues. You know, for 60 years, your country fought a war on drugs. Remember that? You know, mm-hmm. we, we got to fight. And it didn't go anywhere. Well, now you're in the middle of a drug war. And uh, that's also part of this global war that I'm, I, I've now brought up. But it's my mpov, you know, my point of view. All right.
Uh, Republicans want to delay the so-called impeachment inquiry. They don't want uh, they don't want it to end. If they impeach him, Dems will put up a better candidate. That would be true. Yeah. If they can get Biden know. out, uh, that opens the door for Newsom. <laughs> yeah, great choice. <laughs> Who needs to read when we have talking heads to think for us? Well, there you are, Shane. Uh, we uh, It's our pleasure to think for you. It's our job. Well, it's our job. <laughs> it, it, it is, but it it's... It's an effort to balance it out in, in, <laughs> in the context of, of what's being provided or said. And we enjoy doing that because, as I said, we both have a point of view. Yeah. James Cover's been promising to show us evidence against Biden, yet he never, uh, because uh, then we could review it and uh, it would show how stupid the evidence is. Well, I don't know. How many checks have they shown, Shane? Made out to Joe and made out to, from Joe and to his to Donald, his brother, and everybody else. How many checks have we seen? Well, the whistleblowers were before Congress again this week. Uh, the IRS investigators yeah. and they released more information. They they, they have now some eighty thousand emails from mm-hmm. <clears throat> Hunter Biden and and his dad with a synonym, you know. Uh, email account you know where you know your vice president biden at the time was or mm-hmm. you know had been vice president whatever you know was in contact with hunter biden and all of his business partners and you know it, it's 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 a pretty overwhelming issue of, of evidence that they're coming mm-hmm. up with and they have more to release that you know it's uh, they're playing it politically correct uh, you know, dribs and drabs. Don't don't dump it on everybody all at once. Just keep letting out more and more information. Yeah. Add to the mm-hmm. fire. You know. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is driving down gas prices if not increased domestic production? Uh, we are in a holiday season and demand is high. No, it isn't. If demand was high, <laughs> the prices would be higher. There's no yeah, demand. You- That's why the prices are coming down. And also, don't forget... And we're going to talk about this later in the show. Analysts find Americans need an extra eleven thousand four hundred bucks to afford the basics. Eleven thousand four hundred. And the other uh, incredible thing that happened this week that confirms what we've been saying is that uh, China's market and uh, manufacturing and, and and is collapsing. And now, you know, Mexico is the largest trader with the United States. China has dropped below Mexico. Yeah. You know, as I said, uh, th- this is getting to be a, a very difficult situation for the Chinese government. And, uh, you know, it's only going to get worse. And it, the issue about the price of gas isn't that it's uh, at a terrible price as much as you know, this week you, you top 13.5 million barrels a day of production, mm-hmm. so you're 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 only at just over 16 million barrels a day of consumption, down from 18, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from from uh, four years ago. So, yeah, it, it it's it's a it's one of these issues that you look at, and, and it's a combination of things that you need to look at to see the entire picture. Yeah. Let's take a phone call. 406-522-TALK is the number. 406-522-8255.
Collier, you're on with the award-winning Tom and Shane. What's going on? Well, this is the old guy, Clint, <laughs> calling the two radio personalities. Good ones, too. Well, thank you, sir. We're happy to have you on the show. What's going on? I'm trying to brag you up here. If we're going to get more calls today, what I got to say here. Okay. <laughs> Let's hope so. Well, as you know, I'm going to talk about taxes. And uh, I want to know how much more taxes we're going to have to pay on this second round of the Supreme Court decision uh, to, to the county again. And this county, I guess... It's taken in about $58 million. Am I right, Tom? Well, it's pretty close, yeah. They take in a pretty good piece of change. We're the richest county in the state, right? I would say so. Uh, yeah. Granite, Granite County has a higher tax uh, 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 rate than we do, but I think we have Levy, more population. Yeah. Well, the millage here, the difference between 74 mills and 94. Yeah, they're paying the 90 up there. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but yeah. anyway, on a house. Mm -hmm. Here's what I got to say about that. I think my, I don't know, what's your house? Did your house taxes go up, Tom? Well, I got rid of my house in Bozeman, and I uh, I live in a house with Michelins now, and my taxes are about 400 bucks a year, so it's no big deal. <laughs> no, it, did it go up? Uh, has it risen appreciably? Uh Maybe 10, 15 bucks, but not not hundreds or anything like well, that. Yeah. I, I got friends that are paying twenty and $30,000 a year in taxes to Gallatin County. Oh, yeah. And I got other friends that's paying about $1,300 a month. And their taxes, most of the taxes out here is a went and doubled in some places on the land. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I want to say is this here. We're going to protest this here. I am, and I'm going to come in and see Scott if this next deal comes out, and we get this next. We're going to get another tax besides what we've already paid. You follow me? Yeah, I reached out to uh, Scott. Um, I I left him a message. Never got back to me. I left a message for uh, Greg Gianforte. Nobody got back to me from that. Uh, we had Jeff Krause in last week. I don't know whether you heard that or not, but uh, Jeff. No, I was did. Good. Yeah, Jeff was here, kind of explained a lot of this tax situation. But, um, yeah, it's a it's a mess for a lot of these folks out here, you know, that, uh, as I just pointed out, we're, it's costing us $11,400 a year just to live the life we lived on less than $11,400 a year. Well, the thing that's happened, the, the people to blame is the legislature. It isn't the people that's out here reappraising their places mm -hmm. and stuff like that. They're ordered by the legislature to do that. Yeah. So our problem isn't with the governor. It's with the legislature, the Senate and the House. Yeah, they make the, uh, they make the deals, and the governor signs it or, or vetoes it. That's Either right. are. Yeah. That's right. Well, here's, here's my proposal. If these taxes come back, I don't know how much more we're going to have to pay. But I'm going to come and see Scott, and I'm going to put an ad in this radio station for everybody to come to a certain place so we can all meet. And I want the legislators to come, too. And I don't know if we get a building big enough, 
to hold all the people, but we're going to talk about this. I'm sick and tired, and I've talked to a lot of people that are sick and tired of paying these taxes like we're doing and letting all these people come into this country. We're just sick of all of it. You follow me? Mm-hmm. And we're going to try to get uh, address this legislature the, and, and, and these reappraisal people at the Department of Revenue our problems because I've talked to people that are going to have to sell their homes, Tom, and leave this country that they that they built. They built this country. Yeah. And, and, and so it makes me madder than hell to see people flooding in here and these all these houses being built and everything else. You'd think all them big houses and apartments are going to pay more taxes, you know, and everything. And they'll say, well, they have got more sewer, more water. Well, I can address that. Jeff Krause addressed it last time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what's happened here, the more people come in, the more taxes you collect, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, when it's finished, they uh, they can't do it really until it's finished, but mm-hmm. they collect a lot of taxes, and the, con- the contractors do all the work hooking up and everything else, and the city charges them for that. And the, the county don't, but the city. But we're paying two taxes, city and county. And it's come to a head. I've talked to so many people, Tom, out here in the valley. And they're so sick and tired of paying all these taxes and getting nothing for it. And, there's, and on the left side of that tax sheet, there's about 35 or so different damn things that we're paying for that we don't need other than schools. Now, out here in Montfortin, Montfortin wants to build a new school. There's no land out here other than what Andy Leap's kids has got to build the damn school. Okay, we can't afford another school. We're taxed to death now. I hope these people are listening to what I'm saying. And anyway, I'm going to put an ad in the television. I'm going to put an ad in the newspapers. and I'm going to try to get the people come to a certain place where we can all meet and discuss what we're going to do with the legislature. And we'll all go to Helena, or we'll elect some spokesman for us that'll represent us and go to Helena and address this legislature to get these taxes reduced. And the Supreme Court of the state of Montana doesn't have the rule over the majority of the people, I'll guarantee you that. The majority of the people in this state have the last say, not the leg- not the Supreme Court of the state. They're the ones that put the people in the uh, Supreme Court. Anyway, that's my rant for the day. I don't know what's happening in Canada up there with Shane and his folks. What's going on up there, Shane? How's your property taxes? Uh, we have the same issue here. Uh, it, it's it's difficult here because uh, we, we don't have, um, in, as in most cases in the country, urban areas that are uh, one city. Ours are broken up into different areas, you know, different parts. Um, So that makes it even more complicated. But yeah, provincially, uh, people with large homes like you're talking about, you know, know, six to 15,000 square feet are paying 25 to $50,000 in property taxes. But if you have a home like that, you can afford those taxes. That's why we tell everyone, 85 to 87% of all taxes, state, local, county, federal, 
They're all paid by, you know, the top 10%. No one wants to say that, but that's the truth. Well, you're right, Shane. <clears throat> all you got to do to see what I'm talking about are schools are becoming government schools. That's the 10th plank of the Communist Manifesto. Okay? That's the 10th plank of it. Now they're trying to get it so that abolition of all property through taxation. That's why we left England. That really. Well, if, if, if I may be so bold as to suggest, you might want to uh, get your group together and uh, with a person that uh, represents you in the legislature to help you put together a bill that says no one over 65 pays property taxes. It's, it's a one-page bill. That's it. Well, what I'm, it, what know, I'm Or 60. Explain. Anyone 60. You know, pick an age and say, you know, when you reach this age, you don't pay property taxes anymore. There, there's no way that a retired person whose greatest asset is their home that they've spent their life paying for should have an issue with the state and have to pay property taxes that, that they can't literally afford because they're not working anymore. So, you know, it, one page legislation, it make it real hard for them not to pass it and your governor not to sign it. They, politically, that's the way I would deal with it. What do you think, Tom? Well, what's happening, what's happening here is these folks that have built their homes uh, here in Bozeman and in the Valley and paid for them, and are retired and drawing Social Security, which they paid into for years, my Social Security went up $4. Okay, it doesn't, it, there's no way in hell that their Social Security will keep up with inflation or to buy groceries, to pay their taxes and everything else. They only have that, that's so what I'm much. Saying. You, 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 it's a political issue you're bringing up, mm -hmm. and I'm giving you a political yeah. solution that yeah. they can't argue no to. So one page well, bill... Put, put yeah. before the session by a representative that you know is on your side. Simple, easy. That's the way the system works. Tom, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, well, we well, got it. Not just one representative. Mm -hmm. We want the state legislature to listen to the people. And yeah. I'm going to, um, what I intend to do is uh, when this last bill comes, I, I don't know what kind of a building we're going to need, but we're going to need a big building. No, I want all these legislators and senators from this county to be there. They're, we're going to address what is happening to us, and those folks are supposed to— I want them to go to the other legislators in the various counties and get together and say, we're, we're full up of this crap that you're doing to us. Got to go. Gotta, I got to go. <laughs> thanks for the and, call. And that's what, that's what I got to say, Tom. All right, man. Thanks for the call. All right. You bet. <laughs> We come back, I will tell you my tax uh, thing on property taxes, and uh, Shane's going to get a glass, so we'll be right back. Seven minutes after the hour of 9 a.m. Mountain Time, it's Saturday, it's December 9, 2023. Tommy Gallup, your morning mayor in the house. Shane and Tom and Half Man, Half Amazing, is in Kamloops, Canada, and uh, we are having a high old time here. Shane, uh, my thoughts on property taxes. I agree with you, I think... Uh, I think people um, over 65, uh, particularly in Montana, should not have to pay any state tax, certainly, um, state income tax. My proposal has been for years that um, if your property produces taxes or if it produces income, 
then you should pay property taxes. If your property is producing income, you got money coming in, you should pay the tax. You should pay property taxes. Yeah. You're paying tax. You're paying tax on the income, so it's a double tax now. Well, I understand that, but you're still, you know, you're you're still making income from your property, so you you should so, uh, pay taxes. You're retired. It's a good thing. Yeah. Should it shouldn't be taken away from you, and you shouldn't be damaged for it when you're retired. Yeah. Simple one page. You you know the House is controlled by the Republicans, mm -hmm. the Senate is too, and you got a governor that's a Republican. How do they, how do they vote against a one-page document that says anyone over sixty, I'd say sixty, mm -hmm. they don't pay any property taxes or income tax. Period. Okay. That's it. Done. Right. You're done. Yeah. You bet. You paid them for sixty years. You're finished. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How could the Republican Party in your state mm -hmm. say no to that? It's it's a great political mm -hmm. and you know social issue solved and. Uh, it it would be a great one one line one let one page, you know, resolution mm -hmm. for both houses to pass and your your governor to sign. That that that's how you solve this. Yeah, uh, but with my proposal, anyone who's a property owner wouldn't have to pay any property taxes, regardless of their age. E either proposal, yours or mine, is still going to take the you know the, the legislature to pass. Well, it will, sure. Pass, of course, governor to sign it. So I mean, that goes yeah. without saying. You can't just yeah. Well, make you can't it up say that air. without saying because some people may not realize how simple it is. They're listening. Well, the simple thing is, uh, if your property produces income, then you pay taxes. If it doesn't, you don't. And uh, over a period of time, obviously, the state would lose money if some of the uh, you know, uh, uh, 30 to 40 year olds aren't paying income or uh, paying property taxes. So the property uh, that produces taxes would be taxed slightly higher. And over a 10 year period, it would balance out because the homeowner would have more, uh, more money. Uh, get a glass, will you please? That just, mm. that crackling thing just doesn't get it. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, but yeah, it's not good. <laughs> so, yeah, and you'd officially own your property. You know, no one could come and take the property away from you for uh, taxes. So, we'd be the only state in the union where you would actually own your home because every state in the union, every every home in America, you play you pay lot rent. It's that simple. So, Agreed. There we are. So, can't make it any easier than that. So, <laughs> well, guess what, uh, Shane? Uh, the Republican lawmakers, uh, they want to call out uh, Biden because uh, Americans need an extra $11,400 just to afford the basics of uh, uh, just subsistence living. Uh, Colorado, it's 15000 a year they have to pay uh, compared to what they paid January 1st in 2021. So $11,400, that's almost $1,000 a month, Shane, that people which, have to have more of. Which is primarily the result of two things. Uh, the Federal Reserve raising you know, interest rates mm -hmm. and uh, uh, inflation. So, you know, it's... It, uh, it's a terrible thing, but, you know, basically mortgage rates are at 7% and inflation is at 15 So 
as uh, the great mm -hmm. President Reagan would say, the misery index in your country right now is 22 percent. Yep. Yeah, it isn't fun. Uh, and that's one reason why gas prices have come down, because people aren't driving as much because they owe $11,400 a year on other stuff. So they're they're not making uh, they're not making trips they don't have to. Absolutely, yeah. and as we've said for years, and even last week, mm -hmm. it, when it becomes a decision between what you need and what you want, uh, discretionary spending by the American pe people is primarily based on what they need, and uh, the wanting isn't as great this year. But they're still out there spending five hundred and fifty to. Seven hundred dollars, uh, you know, estimates five hundred fifty, seven hundred dollars on Christmas. So, it's holding up the economy and the global economy because you're the largest consuming economy in the world, and uh, uh, Americans m make your country work uh, as much as uh, the government makes it difficult for them <laughs> to to try to survive. It's it's I shouldn't laugh. It's nothing to laugh about. It's just it's very difficult. Yeah. Well, 67% don't see any uh, signs the economy has started to turn the corner. And uh, most Republicans, 84%, and independents, 77%, uh, agree with that. Uh, only 29% uh, of voters believe the economy is doing just great. Well, you know, COP, uh, you know, the, the annual meeting that they have about the environment and climate change of course you're going through climate change the planet does this you know every 11 years based upon sunspots you know, and it's a science that's been around since the you know 16th century and everyone wants to deny it no one wants to talk about it it's wrong for pres you know it's wrong wrong for trump to call it a hoax it's not a hoax it's just you know let's misdirect everybody and uh, the interesting aspect about it is is Nothing was resolved, and the majority of the people at this meeting are, you know, basically consumers of, of, of oil and or producers, and that's, that's why you're not going to get anything. Mm -hmm. You and I have agreed for, what, 12 years, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles need to be run with something else. Uh, mm -hmm. We've gone through this cycle now for almost 10 years of electric vehicles, and it doesn't work because the cost, it's not cost efficient. Uh, you know, and uh, it, 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 it's really amazing because Detroit's gone now because for 50 years they went on a principle that uh, people would replace the car every four years. And then the, the Japanese came along and started producing cars that would be good for 10. And uh, that changed as a matter of fact. So you have to find something else that will drive the global economy. And we've been talking about it, and it's coming slowly, faster actually than I thought it would. Yeah. Uh, what part of record uh, domestic oil production do you not understand? This Thanksgiving saw record travel. What part of record travel do you think lowers demand? Well, we're not talking. If Shane and I were a national show, I'd agree with you. But we're not a national show. We talk about Bozeman, Belgrade, Livingston, Manhattan, and Three Forks, and Big Timber. And that, that's the people that we're talking about are driving and the demand in those areas. So doesn't matter what Thanksgiving did, how many people flew, how many people drove, whatever. Uh, what we're talking about is the demand here. 
And if people are not pulling up to the pump as often, then the price goes down. I mean, it's economics. It has always been that way since gas was 10 cents a gallon. Well, that's true. And because not only because of the oil your state produces um, and the cost that, uh, of oil being delivered to your state, you have four refineries. Mm -hmm. Very few states in your country have refineries. And yeah. certainly no states, uh, comparably with population, have you know four four refineries for a million people? I mean, it's you know, Montanans are well. You're mm -hmm. blessed. Yeah. And there's just every every you know business in your in your state is run very well. Uh, industry in your state is run very well, and uh, for the most part, on a statewide basis, people have the government they elected, which keeps uh, these costs down more than than most states. So. It's a it's a great reprieve to be able to live where you do that's so beautiful and to be able to enjoy it as well. Yeah. Uh, Tom's plan is a big business tax. Uh, increased prices to pay drive businesses out of the state where it's cheaper. Well, <laughs> you're going to drive businesses out of the state when you've got customers here. I, that doesn't make sense. I, I don't know. I don't know. As a business owner, Tom's plan puts school burden on me instead of parents who are uh, causing costs to educate their kid. Well, I don't have any rugrats in school, and I don't mind paying uh, for schools because it's to, it's to my benefit to have an educated population. Well, of course it is. Uh, that, that's that's mm -hmm. the only way a republic in the capitalist society can operate and be successful is... Uh, new generations of, of individuals that can create, invent, you know, and have an imagination to help adapt and, and change and be able to accelerate the growth, you know, within their state even. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you have political leaders, your junior senator and your governor. Uh, look at the technology companies they created. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful reality. Uh, to to see such things happen, and and then for them to want to serve the state that uh, you know, they've done well mm -hmm. in uh, the the only reason you don't have more industry in Montana is because of the distance to transport and you know bring everything in to produce something and then move it back out to deliver it. Yeah. It's not uh, it's not located mm -hmm. to, for that benefit. The cost of rail costs of shipping or 18 wheel shipping or even flying, you know, is uh, just too expensive. So, uh, and to a large degree, you're, 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 uh, you're like, you know, Canada. So you're a commodities based economy and it's very efficient. Yeah. It's certainly more efficient than our country. <laughs> Solution to Clint high taxes is to eliminate socialized ed education as we, um, and we didn't have to pay K-12 education or taxes would be 10% of what they are now. So yeah. Well, that, that's also based on a, on a generation issue. The millennials, again, produce more children or babies than uh, our generation, you know, the baby boomer generation. So 85 to 2005, uh, you know, that during that 20-year period, 73 million babies were born. So... 
that that's why you have the education issue that you have and that's a good thing there, yeah it's it's just regrettable that in non i'm going to say this but i probably shouldn't in non-binary states mm-hmm. public education is better and and run and uh, the teachers teach and we've already we already know the numbers we've seen them yeah and uh, th- that's that's the issue is these uh, teacher unions not seeing the uh, teachers responsibilities are fulfilled and mm-hmm. uh, that's a very uh, difficult thing to overcome because it's a political one as well right it's a political issue yeah why would I open a business in Montana when taxes are cheaper elsewhere? Sorry, Tom, your bit, your plan is anti-biz. Well, why would you open in San Francisco or Los Angeles or San Diego, which are the three <laughs> of the top ten most expensive places on the planet to live? So, well, not only that. But sorry, staff, that doesn't float. Gas prices are uh, nationwide or down. National demand is up. Face it. Demand isn't up. Sorry. Not here anyway. Otherwise, we would have and, and during holiday gas seasons, yeah. of course, demand, uh, and during holiday seasons, of course, demand's up. And that's another reason why during those peak periods, the price of gas goes up because mm-hmm. there's more demand for it. And But they're not long. Mm-hmm. You know, people aren't taking long trips. Um, to some degree, the air industry, you know, is, is coming back and uh, the, the third quarter numbers for Boeing and and their 737 the deliveries are obviously very significant and and uh, everybody's getting back to around 90 95 percent of pre-COVID numbers flying but it's still it's it's even more expensive than it was four or five years ago to fly but the bottom line is most people in Montana because of the uh, prosperity that exists there find themselves visiting family because they've chose to stay or move to a larger city, you know, from rural to mm-hmm. Bozeman or Billings or Flathead or whatever. So that's where they drive, and it's a nice thing. Yeah. Uh, there's a climate changing event not discussed, happened qu- not quite two years ago, will warm the planet for a decade or so. The Hungatonga Volcano has a uh, ha- sent me a link to a NASA website discussing it and uh, went off under the uh, below the surface of the uh, ocean, 400 feet below. So, don't know if it'll affect anything, but... Well, it, again, you know, th- this is something that paleontologists, anthropologists, archaeologists, uh, meteorologists, they, they all know what the answer is. And we're in the, si- we're in the mm-hmm. sunspot cycle of 11 years yeah. of a maximum where... There are, uh, uh, you know, more sunspots, mm-hmm. and so that it's it's a danger to our planet in that a powerful sunspot could shut us all down because of the you know the danger of the radiation that it creates. But on the other side, it heats our planet and keeps us from being an ice planet. So it, they don't want to talk about it in terms of climate change, and that's why they've mm-hmm. gone. You know, 180 degrees around from 20 years ago to where they are. No, climate change has to be dealt with. Well, look, your country deals with climate change and has for 100 years. When there's a tornado or a a hurricane or, you know, a natural event that that occurs, uh, you 
you resolve it. You, you the federal government state steps in, and you have all these agencies and budgeting to allow for uh, the states to rebuild. So it, it's good. It's good for the economy in in one way, but you know it can be devastating <clears throat> for people. What's remarkable is in your country when you have these natural events, so few people die. I mean, yeah. when you look at what what happens in other countries with these events, the number of people who die is you know, yeah, it's quite significant. So just really quick, in in October of this year, there were you know, 115 sunspots to that point. Uh, you know, and uh, that was what was predicted, and it's been 109. So, 365 days a year, you're, you're looking pretty close to a major sunspot occurring. You know, every three days. Mm -hmm. Now, that can occur on any side or any anywhere on the sun, and they have satellites to keep and, and record all these sunspots. But it, it's an active participant in climate change. That's a natural event. So this sunspot 11-year cycle is in the seventh year. So we have, mm -hmm. as I said, a couple of weeks ago, four more years. And then it'll go into a minor. Will there be fewer sunspots? And it'll get cooler. Yeah. But you, you look at these uh, uh, forecasts and you look at the weather in Europe and across um, Eastern Europe, uh, it's cold. Yeah. And if you look at the, the range of uh, moisture across the Pacific from northern Pacific to the southern Pacific, it's incredible the amount of moisture being occurred. So when the fresh water comes out of the sky into the, into the oceans, these events that you talked about that someone sent you an email to check on, that, that's what results in that because, you know, the oceans mm -hmm. hold about 70% of the CO2 in the planet, so at different depths. Yeah. Oil production is way up. Demand is not down. So the oil companies, for some reason, have stopped gouging us like you were complaining about, uh, what, a year and a half ago, about how the gas companies were just gouging the hell out of the consumer. What what happened? <laughs> what, what happened between now and then? So please get a glass. Please, for the love of God, oh, I'm get sorry. a glass. I forgot to grab it by the top of the bottle. <laughs> well, wherever you grab it, <laughs> Uh, let's see. Gas prices went up when Biden started canceling pipelines. Well, that's certainly true. A lot of people were, uh, concerned that, um, moving green would make a difference. And, uh, and also too, the oil companies may be fighting against, um, may be fighting against, uh, global or not global warming, but the, uh, uh, electric vehicle situation. That's right. Yeah. And so. the, the, the problem is, is that, uh, you know, we, we talked about this last week, and high, a hybrid right now is the most popular car in your country because it sells for around, uh, you know, 41,000K, while a similar electric vehicle is around 51,000K. Yeah. And the, the number of new cars in your country sold in 2023 is way down. Yeah. And that's because the used car market is is incredibly strong. And uh, <laughs> sorry, they're all, uh, you know, carbon-based uh, cars. <laughs> Rumor text line, 406-478-8298. You're wrong, tomboy. Well, I don't mind being wrong. Yeah. About what? About my uh, property tax proposal. Oh, your property tax. Yeah, so. 
There we are. If you eliminate certain property tax revenues, where do you find those dollars to operate goods and services? Well, the uh, properties that produce income would pay more, and the people who don't pay property taxes would have more money to buy the goods and services of the higher price products and services. It's a wash. Or the government, mm-hmm. your, your, your state government can cut the budget, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, the result of that is uh, a better standard of living overall. Yeah. If you don't live in your house seven months a year, your property taxes should be 2% higher than uh, if uh, over 70, uh, no taxes, Paul. <laughs> All right, Paul, I agree with you. No taxes over 70. So Definitely no taxes <laughs> over 80. <laughs> no, tax, no, no taxes over 65. Yeah. 60, yeah. actually. Yeah. People should be able to prepare for retirement, so 60 should yeah. be the number. Yeah, they paid for school with the mill levies and other things, by the way. So, And that's right. individually on a county and city basis, right? Yeah. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Coming up at 1030, we're going to talk with Rick Holden, who is running for uh, Congress, and uh, we'll be chatting with him from 1030 to 11, so stay tuned for that. And uh, more of your uh, stuff here. we still got a lot more to talk about. Uh, uh, We haven't talked about the debate yet (laughs) and what what to watch on the Trump's trial calendar. We need to get to those things, so we'll try and get that done the next half hour or so. So don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after the news. 27 minutes before the top of the hour. It is Saturday. It's December 9th, 2023. Tommy Goloff, your morning mayor in the house. Shaman Tobin, half man, half amazing in Kamloops, Canada, making this a official international talk show. So, which there are few of, and I, I would bet we're the only one in Montana. So, yeah, I don't know any others anywhere else. I, I do look. On the net, bro. I don't know of too many that are international. So, <laughs> no, that not with two hosts. I mean, yeah, you know, well, lots that's... of people have podcasts. They talk to people from other countries. Oh, but... sure, yeah. yeah. Well, let's. No, uh, no, let... Nobody has. Huh? Nobody has. Two, nobody has two clowns talking like us. That's true. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> uh, let's take a phone call. Four zero six five two two talk is the number. Four zero six five two two eight two five five. Color you're on with Tom and Shane. What's going on? Are you there? All right. Guess not. All right. From our app chat line, AM 1450 KMMS on your smartphone. Fuel numbers. Remember, there's a million more electric cars and trucks on the road and a million more hybrids that use less fuel on the road since last year. So there's going to be less fuel tax revenues to state and the federal. Well, there you are. True. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from on the property uh, that uh, produces income. The only problem is that's why rents are so high in Bozeman. Property owners must pass along all of these property taxes to the renters, and that's true. They do. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's uh, that's a uh, that's an issue. No question about it. it is. And and rent rents are tied to home prices, which elevate property taxes so whether you have my program or not <laughs> the renter's going to pay more if the if the price of if the prices of uh, property increase 
Well, and, and it's a it's a terrible cruelty because it's a form of tax. Yeah. Um, I, I I think the last time I checked, forty eight states um, have uh, laws mm-hmm. that grant renters to raise their rent if their taxes increase. Mm-hmm. So you know this is another issue that you have with this tax increase on properties, yeah. their income properties is that uh, the the person providing the the rent, rental place, um, you know, is allowed to be protected for costs. And it's not yeah. that that's wrong, but that's the cause of the price of rents going up. Yeah. Your business tax plan sounds like Bernie Sanders wrote it. Uh, well, <laughs> let me just say those greedy business owners that are gouging you for their products and services aren't paying their fair share. So there. Like Hunter. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, well. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think the legislature is going to listen to my plan. <laughs> but I think it would work. But anyway, what do I know? Yeah, I'm, if, I, if I was smart, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> That's very good. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be in the Caymans or somewhere. <laughs> Uh, let's see let me explain this to you companies like Kohl's and Costco are running on thin margins if you add millions of dollars more and property taxes they will close why is it uh, why is it fair to assess businesses who already pay the the bulk of property taxes with paying it for the education system when they have nothing to do with it yeah Good points. Indeed. Yeah. I'm glad people are listening and responding to that. <laughs> that's good. That's, yeah. That's a good, that's a good thing. Yeah, we got to thank everyone for all the downloads last week. It, uh, it was a record number, and we're yeah. really grateful for that. That, that, uh, that puts a gold star on our calendar. Yes, it does. We, we like it when uh, we get downloads, people listening, and all of that stuff. So that's Makes us feel like being here is worth it. <laughs> times. Well, we, we, we know from, you know, the, the competition mm-hmm. that people are listening, so that's a good thing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what did, uh, we, we talked briefly about the debate. Who do you think won and who do you think lost, Shane, in the uh, debate uh, Wednesday night or Thursday, whenever it was? Wednesday night. Trump won. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that Nikki Haley lost uh yeah. you know mm-hmm. whether the you know everybody was either going after or supporting her yeah but the, the that's who the target was on the stage was was her and uh mm-hmm. DeSantis is basically falling uh, and yeah. Rivik Rivik is it or you know he he's turned out to be worse than Trump I mean if people mm-hmm. didn't like Trump you know, texting all the time. Can can you imagine listening yeah. to him in in the in the press in the press room every every day instead of a, uh, you know, because that's what he'd do. He'd go out and talk to people in the press room every day. It would, ew, that wouldn't be good. Yeah. Well, the uh, Hill uh, news uh, organization uh, that reports on uh, Capitol Hill, uh, they they felt uh, DeSantis was the winner. 
Uh, for the first time in four debates, he looked like the candidate his campaign had promised he could be and uh, made a especially strong finish in the first uh, half of the debate. So uh, I I tend to agree with you, Shane. I, I he's He's probably the best choice of the four. But who? DeSantis. Really? You think so? Okay. Well, who do you like better? Raswami? I don't like or, any of them. Well, I, I don't like any of them either, but if the four well, are there, so that, but if I had to pick yeah. one of the four, which I would, uh, oh, DeSantis okay. would be my choice, I think. Oh, okay. You know, um, well, the, the, the thing I think that was uh, really damaging was the highlighting of you know the, the money that that uh, Nikki is getting from Democrats. Yeah. Uh, you know, to try and help her. Uh, it's interesting how the, your media is, is trying to play this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll find out in 37 days when Iowa has their, you know, mm-hmm. their primary. And yeah. uh, the Democrats, of course, aren't having one. And we yeah. still don't know the result. Democratic primary in Iowa, yeah. <laughs> which is rather odd. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, New Hampshire, and that's followed by mm-hmm. South Carolina. But the, the interesting thing is going to be March 5th, you know, Super Tuesday, because Trump will have started his case the day before. Yeah. So that's, uh, it's, it's just the irony of all of this is uh, yeah. I, the big kick I got this week was Hunter Biden claiming he's a victim. And, <laughs> You know, Trump doesn't even have to say anything. They just keep making it in. I mean, Trump is playing the Biden card, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's not in the biz. He's not in the basement. He's in court. But it's basically the same thing. Yeah. Well, Nikki Haley, uh, she did not suffer any disasters, but uh, plainly her weakest debate performance so far. The pr- three previous counters, she was the central figure setting the agenda, and turning opponents' attacks to her advantage. Uh, wasn't the case on uh, in this debate. Uh, where I, I thought Raswami was a little, uh, I don't know, swarmy, I guess, um, holding up the Nikki's corrupted, uh, you know, sign. And, uh, and I don't think uh, Chris Christie coming to her defense made her look weak. Uh, well, you know, when, when Hannity had a town meeting with Trump this week, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. laughable thing about Trump is that he's being humorous instead of being gritty like he mm-hmm. was when he was president. Uh, well, you know, when, when Hannity asked him about him being a dictator, he said, just on the first day, I'll yeah. be a dictator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to close the border and drill, drill, drill. That's it. Yep, that's it. That's what we're going to no do. Longer. <laughs> so he, he, he's playing this well with humor politically. Yeah. But... I thought the most interesting thing to watch this week was the hearings with the four university presidents uh, before Congress. Yeah. I mean, um, what was it? The University of Connecticut and, and uh, you know, a couple others. And it, interesting, uh, all four presidents were women. Didn't you find that interesting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Chris Christie uh pretty much remains the same. Uh, the former prosecutor is skilled debater who can deliver more scathing one-liners than anyone else on the stage. Um, Call Raswami the most obnoxious blowhard in America and also sought to hold DeSantis' feet to the fire over what Christie contained was evasiveness, uh, not only on the question of Trump's fitness for office, 
but on whether the Florida government would send U.S. troops in to try to rescue hostages held by Hamas. So had that in there. So yeah, that 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 made it interesting. And yeah, you know, and, and the reason it is is because. It, in all these debates, they really haven't discussed foreign policy really much. So, yeah, you know that that was the only part of it that uh, mm-hmm. uh, I found uh, interesting because of the particular problem that exists globally. And I, it, 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 no one's come up with what I call the the Biden chance, which is a war president. Yeah. We'll see when that rises. Yeah, it, it will rise apparently. I, I unfortunately, but yeah. that's the only way I see Biden continuing. Well, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, uh, the number of voters holding an unfavorable opinion of uh, him has risen sharply in polls uh, since the summer, and he likely spiked those polls Wednesday, a condescending attack against Haley, uh, suggesting at least metaphorically that she couldn't tell the difference between the United States and Israel, <laughs> even Drew Christie, to come to her defense, and that's what I, that's why I say she weakened a little bit with uh, the uh, the damsel in distress sort of situation, I think, made her look weaker. Um, Christie should have probably not, didn't help her by doing that, and in my opinion, anyway. Well, the interesting aspect of all of this is the way this is shifting. Mm-hmm. And again, I will say, if the numbers are true with the polling of the American uh, African-American minority and the Hispanic minority, bigger than the African minority, mm-hmm. are moving right and towards Trump, he could win. Uh, now, having said that, the biggest mistake politically in this cycle was DeSantis attacking Trump. Because the golden ticket was Trump and DeSantis. There's mm-hmm. there's no question, because you got to win Florida if you're a Republican to get elected. Yeah. Everybody says you got to yeah. win Ohio. Ohio, yeah. You, <laughs> it used to be Ohio. Well, eh, yeah, not anymore. You know, you you've got to win Florida because of New York mm-hmm. and California. Yeah, and you got to win those other four states, which includes Ohio, Florida, to, and you Texas. Know, you got to break win. the yeah. blue wall that's been. And and I then I was going to say, and then you have the cover with Texas. Texas is already in the bag. It's going to be Republican, mm-hmm. but I mean Florida is that you know it, it's that question marks. But mm-hmm. so these are the things I'm looking at to decide where where you're politics are heading in the next year. And uh, I, I'm not sure uh, that the economy may play that big a role. It didn't, uh, you know, four years ago, but maybe people have seen it, it change because of what they knew would happen if Trump got elected. Didn't They didn't know what would happen if Biden got elected. Well, now they know. It's, it's like I said. Yeah. Better the devil you knew than the devil you didn't and yeah. now know. That's true. <laughs> Well, on January 16th, uh, Trump's first trial is going to start. E.G. Carroll, E. Jean Carroll, I should say, defamation uh, trial. He sort of badmouthed her after uh, she won her. Uh, no one cares. I know. <laughs> but uh, whether uh, more likely that will end in a fine of some kind for uh, for Trump, I think. No, look, no one cares. It's, yeah, it's, uh, I know they don't, it's but a, it's going to be in the court. Ble- that's right. It's a bleeding, it's a bleeding effort by the Democrats, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. going to go the same way that the bus comment that he made, or you know, in twenty or mm-hmm. sixteen, right? Mm-hmm. The comment he made about women, you know, on the bus, and it, it, they, they, 
looked again, uh, the Democrats always over overhit you, right? Yeah. It was in 2016. It was all about his personal life, and all the women in his life, and, and no one cared. Yeah. Now it's you know all, all these indictments and charges, mm -hmm. and and everybody's looking at it. Yeah. Because as these things come up, like you're saying, mm -hmm. uh, everybody in your media starts covering them a little bit more and actually yeah. talking about what he's being accused of. And people are going, what? It's, 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 no. And, and then people are laughing because no wonder our Constitution says you can run for office at being in jail. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not, it's great. There you are. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, after that, on January 19th, there's going to be the marketing uh, scam trial um, in a lower-profile uh, civil case. Uh, three investigators attempted to bring a, a federal class-action lawsuit against Trump over the endorsements on The Apprentice and elsewhere of a multi-level marketing company alleged to be a pyramid scheme. And uh, the same lawyers uh, representing uh, E. Jean Carroll are going to take this one on as well. So in October, a judge declined to certify the class, throwing the future of the case up in the air and likely narrowing any potential damages. So this is a uh, this is a nothing burger probably case, uh, transferred or dismissed one of the one of the other probably. So um, I I don't think much is going to come out of that one. And this is why it's enhancing his popularity. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know why the Democrats don't see it. You, you think as a political issue, they'd look at it. Uh, you know, it's it's incredible to find out now that the Democrats have figured that, uh, you know, connecting uh, Biden with economics, Bidenomics, probably wasn't a pretty good idea. I, you know, it's like, didn't yeah. they have this, you know, before people, what do they call those, you know, where they get people together to determine if something is, is uh, politically correct or not? No. <laughs> Clearly, they didn't because now he's locked in on the economy directly, mm -hmm. e even closer than what Hunter's done. Meaning, if, if your economy ha has a recession in the next six months because they're ignoring the one you're in, or it worsens because they're all talking about it being a soft landing, uh, it, it's a big political win for the, mm -hmm. the Republicans because all people have heard from your president is Bidenomics, Bidenomics. I'm great. This is my economy. Yeah. <laughs> and unlike you, Tom, he thinks the president runs the economy. Well, all right. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, on March 4th, we got another trial. We've got the uh, federal, the 2020 election trial. This is the January 6th uh, deal where they uh, feel Trump uh, interfered with the uh, election, uh, subverted it. Uh, name your name, your adjective. Uh, and um, they're they're not going to delay the trial, even though that's going to be right into the uh, beginning of the uh, Super Tuesday and all of the other things that are going on with the. Uh... But anyway, yeah, but... Uh, Trump's uh, immunity and double jeopardy defenses. Both sides have acknowledged Trump can appeal his presidential immunity and double jeopardy uh, defenses before trial, but the judge rejected those arguments. But Trump on Wednesday brought the uh, issue to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, and he also demanded uh, that um, uh, Shurkin not move ahead until his appeal is resolved. So that could take that could take months. So this uh, this trial may not happen. Uh, 
on March 4th. All right. Well, here's my view of what you're referencing. First of all, uh, January 6th is over. Tucker Carlson took the bullet. He released the video. And as a result of that, Fox had to fire him, basically, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, because of the lawsuit. Okay, they settled it. Number two, Trump comes along, and now people are looking at all this video, and the one guy that Democrats made the biggest issue about was the Viking. And his, you know, his proud suit. He wasn't yeah. a proud boy, but he had a proud suit. He had the hat and the paint, and, you know, he sat down in the speaker's chair and, and he would, and, and then when everyone saw the video, you can turn off the, the phone there, Thomas. And, uh, you know, when they saw him sitting there and, and he gets, what, six years. Um, and then two years into it, after the video was released, they let him out of jail. No, no one wants to talk he, that he's been let out of jail because yeah. of the video. Yeah. So, again, as this gets closer, it's a win for Trump because of the, the, the video, 40,000 hours. I mean, it's. It's astronomical that yeah. that many hours of video of January 6th. So we're, what are we left with? Well, you're left with this case in Georgia. Now, that one's going to be really interesting and the only one that I'm interested in seeing because I don't know that they'll even go to court. Uh, they go to court and he starts being able to call up anybody that was involved in counting the ballots. You know, it, it, it's... <laughs> It's like the case in uh, New York that you didn't hear about. When he called, before it ended, or it's getting close to ending, uh, before his defense rested, you know, they, they called in bankers, you know, that uh, testified and so forth. That No one talked about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, th- th- there was no harm. You know, no harm, no foul. Isn't that what they say in sports? So no. The case that this judge said about valuing Mar-a-Lago at $18 million, it's over because they couldn't show any harm. They couldn't show anybody that was harmed by what they're accusing him of. The only thing, the only harm is him paying more taxes because they're reevaluating his property or him demanding money back because they'd say his property is worth less. So, again... Uh, the, the, the Democrats picked the wrong things at the wrong time. Yeah. Well, the uh, next one's going to be March 25th, New York City. <clears throat> That's the one with Alvin Bragg and uh, the uh, 34 counts of falsifying business records over reimbursements he made to uh, Michael Cohen. And also it gets into the uh, uh, the hush money payments to the couple of gals. Uh, the federal 2020 election trial uh, beginning just three weeks earlier, the trial in Washington is supposed to extend past March 25th if it remains on the current schedule. So Trump's attorneys have noted the issue, and the judge has indicated he will assess the timing at a February 15th hearing. So that may uh, that may be postponed. And the one after that, May 20th, uh, that's the one uh, with the uh, uh, 40 charges uh, of allegedly mishandling classified records uh, after leaving the White House. So uh, the biggest obstacle there, the use of classified documents, the nature of the allegations require sorting out how to disclose classified materials during discovery and presentation to the jury. The thorny process is uh, governed by the Classified Information Procedures Act, and Cannon uh, has already pushed back various uh, milestones closer to the May 20th date 
and uh, leading many experts to believe the trial will ultimately need to be delayed. Okay, so, we'll so here's my point of view that. about all of these trials that Trump's in. Real quick, take me less than a minute to tell you. You have a great legal system, and uh, it's it saved your republic over 200 years. It really has. So you have five Supreme Court justices uh, that are conservative, and three Trump appointed, correct? Mm-hmm. So, under the guy, under the guise of process and procedure in your system of law, in, in a case like this, because it's a federal national issue with politics and in, in, involving an election, his lawyers will be able to go right directly to the Supreme Court on all of this. Now, the way that the process works is real quick. They go to one justice. Well, they've got three to pick, or uh, they've got five to pick. Mm-hmm. So they go to one of the justices that they think will agree with them. He, he, that in that justice gets one other justice on the court to say, okay, we're going to hear this. And then the next Friday meeting, the entire court meets and decides that they're going to take it up. Well, they'll have to. The, the Supreme Court of the United States stayed out of the election of twenty. They did nothing about the 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 laws and states and the electors that were elected and the way states had made these decisions because they don't want they didn't want to be looked upon as having to you know have involved themselves in the election. I don't want to go there. We've talked about it since it happened. All right. But I am going there now to say I see the Supreme Court having to take this up simply for one reason. It's a year of uh, a presidential election. He's running. He's the most likely person to get the nomination, and none of this should inf- interfere with it. That, All right. That's what I So there you go. All right. That wraps up for this segment. We will return with more right after the news, so don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Seven minutes after the hour of uh, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. It's Saturday. It's December 9th, 2023. It's uh, the International Day of Anti-Corruption, uh, Shane. Uh, I think we mentioned that earlier. So yes, that's right. all we've been talking about all day is government corruption. So, I well, I have, I have one to talk about because in a half an hour, we're going to talk to someone else. So real quick, uh, you know, I keep talking about black swans. Mm. And uh, you might tell people what a black swan is. A black swan is an event that no one expected that will affect the market or the economy. And uh, my concern right now is Amazon. Okay, Um, here we go real quick. Uh, Market cap right right now, the company's worth $1.5 trillion. It's trading at $147 a share. Now, no company, no company since the 1920s with... First of all, in the 1920s, no company had 10.3 billion shares out, and the public flowed to 9 billion shares. But the P.E. ratio on this company, in other words, earning, you know, uh, earnings ratio, or percentage of earnings ratio, is now at 76.9. No public company has had a P.E. ratio like this since the 1920s. Now, they didn't have the P.E. ratio analysis back in the 20s, during the roaring 20s in the market before the crash. But if you go back and look at the companies at that time, a lot of them were trading over 100 times earnings because of what was going on in, in the market. So anybody on television, on financial news will tell you, you shouldn't really look at a company uh, to buy that's more than 16 times earnings. This is 77 times earnings it's trading at. Now, 
you dig down into Amazon's numbers, and here's how bad it is. Amazon is losing $10 billion because of the cash flow and everything they have. They're able to write off billions in returned product or product not even returned, but allowed the person to keep it because it's not worth for them to return. They can't resell it. So they just write it off as a tax loss. So this company is so badly run that even though they have this huge cash flow, which is it's r remarkable, 53 million shares trade a day, only 86 million shares short on it. So that means in, in one day, a downside of this market will mean a collapse because there's no short buying to support the stock. So you talk about the Magnificent Seven, you hear about it now all the time. All seven stocks are like this. And uh, I think it's important to bring this up to our listeners, only in the concern that I have for everybody that's invested in the market. Okay, but we're at 36,000, a yeah. new high. Yeah. That we haven't seen in a long time, not since Trump was in office anyway. Well, I, I still think that the Federal Reserve, because of the <laughs> misery index being over 20% we talked about and I made a point of view in our first, or second um, half hour. Um, I think this coming week, the Fed will raise interest rates. I still expect at least a half point to even a one point raise, which the market isn't. They're, they're saying, oh, no, mm -hmm. the, the Fed's not going to raise ra rates anymore. They have to. Uh, 140,000 jobs created last, you know, the number that's you need 450,000 jobs a month created in your country just to be able to provide a job from people graduating from high school. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a bloated market, Thomas. I, I, I've been in the market since 72. The Seems like that. Time. Seems like you're right. So, yeah, this six time I've seen this six, yeah. six times in my well, life. Well, every 10 years we have a, you know, a notable recession. Each recession we seem to come back stronger than we did before. But, um, you know, there's, there's a limit to, you know, <laughs> 1929 we didn't come back all that quick so <laughs> well yeah but there, there's three things about these recessions that are important one it's always been caused by something different it's always yeah. worse than the last one and nothing was done to prevent it again so you've got that's those, where we find ourselves all, yeah. yeah that's where we're at yeah. well let's you turn <laughs> let's turn to one of shane's favorite topics electric vehicles uh, EVs sit on the market an average of 82 days versus 64 days for gas-powered vehicles. Uh, in response to slowing demand, uh, Ford GM uh, are cutting production, and EVs are too uh, still too expensive for most people uh, with even government incentives, uh, many of the surveys say. Uh, so, uh, yeah, electric vehicles, uh, not all they're cracked up to be, Shane. Uh, well, not here, but, you know, in other economies, um, another great thing you heard this week is Apple is now uh, literally moving their their manufacturing to India um, because of what's going on in China. But the, the the electric vehicle market in China is great because it's completely subsidized and and urban people in the cities are buying them and there are tens of millions of people that buy them. But they've also are building all these coal plants to produce the electricity to charge them. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, we've, we've talked about this constantly for years. <laughs> the problem with electric anything is you know, your grid is at 
and everybody wants to cut it back. No, nobody's doing anything to increase the amount of electricity your country produces. So, you know, that, that's why I think that you should go off the grid as a state and mm -hmm. set up your own uh, nice little operation in Montana and buy back the Hungry Horse Dam. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I don't know, Shay. <laughs> I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out. But, uh, but yeah, uh, a lot of these companies are in trouble. Uh, they're, uh, you know, they wanna, they're looking for a cash cow and EVs. They thought might be that, but uh, it isn't turning out that way. So, no, not as a car. But yeah. I still mm -hmm. say electric mm -hmm. flying vehicles will change the world, and it'll save the. Mm -hmm. Uh, capitalist uh, economies of the world because it'll be now a three trillion dollar industry by 2050. And my numbers are low, and it'll it, it will employ close to 700 million people. Uh, you know, IT uh, from Reagan to to uh, Clinton. You know, in that 30 year process, I mean, you, you saw 40 or 50 million jobs created, but. If you're, if you're talking globally, you know, hundreds of millions of jobs created for this new industry, I, I could be wrong, but that's, that's what I see can save capitalist, uh, a capitalist uh, globe. And hopefully, because it's incredible technology. I keep sending you stuff about it, so, mm -hmm. you know, you can I know, comment now. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love reading fiction. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, just... it's all true. <laughs> Oh, well, we'll see. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I still look around. I We're sitting right here uh, at, um, <laughs> we're sitting here at Will, Will, um, Wilson and Mendenhall in Bozeman. There you are. Uh, the, almost the exact, exact uh, geographic center of Bozeman, give or take a three or four miles. But uh, Yeah. <laughs> But I'm looking across the street. There's the armory. There's the uh, five building uh, behind us. There's uh, a big hotel. There's the 101 building or 1101, whatever it is. And I'm thinking, where are all the people who are in those be uh, in those buildings going to plug in? You know, I mean, <laughs> so uh, that it yeah, isn't the problem. Like, <laughs> But, but Thomas, it's like any city in your country. It doesn't matter what the politics are. Drive around any city I do here. I mean, I stand at a, I walk everywhere. It's a funny thing, you know, Cary Graham was asked once, uh, what do you do to exercise? And he said, uh, I, I climb stairs, meaning he doesn't take elevators. That's yeah. what he did. Mm -hmm. that, well, that was his response. Yeah. You know, I walk everywhere. So I, <coughs> I cross the main boulevard um, every three times, four times a week. And I stand there while the light's changing, which is like, you know, a two-minute mm -hmm. light. And I watch a half a million to a million dollars worth of cars go by. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, look, you drive through neighborhoods and you look at these mm -hmm. homes, well-kept or not, and you go, what do all these people do to afford this? So it, there's something that's right, and it's there, and we're all living within it, and the scope of it's mm -hmm. phenomenal. And it's been the greatest opportunity mankind has ever seen. And I'm just looking for something that keeps it moving, keeps it going. That's all I'm talking about. All right. Well, a coalition more than 3,000 automakers nationwide uh, sending an open letter to President Biden calling on him to tap the brakes 
on the aggressive electric vehicle push. Uh, the coalition, which includes dealers located in all 50 states and who collectively sell every major car brand, is taking particular aim at the Biden administration's tailpipe emission standards released earlier this year, which are the most aggressive federal regulations of their kind ever issued. So under the regulations proposed by the Environmental Protection Agency, the majority of new vehicle purchases will be electric within a decade. So... I'm excited. How maybe, about you? Maybe, maybe not. But the real reason <laughs> that these 3,000 people are doing this is because 60% of their sales are used cars. Yeah, that's true. And why is that? Because people are spending $11,400 more a year on stuff. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's why I've always yeah. said for the last six years, if you're going to buy, buy a used car that's less than five years old and <clears throat> replace it every two years with a new car, because... With, you know, it's incredible. You go read and do a deep dive on used cars. Yeah. I mean, all these companies that'll take your car on the internet and sell it, and you know, you can pick another one and buy it, and they'll deliver yeah. it and pick up your car. And there I we mean, are. So why not? Right? Why would you go to the dealer at all? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one of the problems we see here, Shane, President Biden's trillion-dollar infrastructure package included billions of dollars to fund an ambitious plan to construct 500,000 charging stations, but not yet has one been made two years later. Right. Not one has been put in. And, and that money's uh, just sitting there doing nothing but, you know, collecting yeah. interest. It's like rates. the border uh -huh. wall. It's just piled yeah. up there. Well, $7.5 billion for electric vehicle chargers, $5 billion for the so-called National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Formula Program, and another $2.5 billion uh, in discretionary funds for charging and fueling infrastructure as part of a federal government's ambitious effort to expand EV ownership and reduce carbon emissions. And, so. and we have to remind everybody those numbers you just spoke to. Yeah. What department are they in? Department of Transportation. Buttigieg, <laughs> our favorite guy. <laughs> Mr. Mayor. <laughs> Well, so far of that uh, billions, uh, only 101.5 million has been distributed uh, for uh, seven state uh, NEBI awards, and uh, just two projects located in Columbus, Ohio, and Pennsylvania have begun construction, uh, according to the Joint Office of uh, Energy and Transportation. So. At the current pace, the billion-dollar program designed to build a network of 500,000 chargers and award $5 billion in five years will fund a handful of projects and dish out just $250 million in that time frame. So there you go. Good luck getting your electric vehicle charged. So my 22nd com uh, response to that is I, I always keep track of mm -hmm. your uh, executive branch departments that the president mm -hmm. oversees. And right now, uh, the 28 branches... You know, basically, his cabinet, but the, the principal branches, there's, you know, 18, 20 of them principal. They are sitting on, all right, hold on to this. Are you ready, everyone? Yeah. $15 trillion in cash they haven't spent. Mm -hmm. So that you, they could literally wipe out 50% of your debt. Yeah. If they just returned it to the treasury. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do that. Uh, what if we need it? <laughs> Jeez. 
Well, to compound everything else, the Congressional Budget Office estimated on Friday that the federal budget deficit reached $383 billion in the past two months, Shane. Just two months. $383 billion in two months. The nonpartisan yeah. budget scorekeeper estimated that the government racked up a deficit of $317 billion in November, which is $68 billion higher than the deficit recorded during the same period last year and $250 billion higher than the deficit reported by the Treasury Department in October. So uh, we well, are, here we go. we're spending money. Tom, it's an election year. That's right. Tom is shaking at another gold star. Um, because of these amazing deficits that your, your government's creating, you know, they're raising $4.4 trillion, they're at $6.1 trillion in spending, is because they're now having to have two auctions a week by the Treasury Department of Debt on Tuesday and Thursday because no one's buying it. You know, like 20 to 30 percent is all taken, that's all that's being taken down. And again, you know, you get back to that. What are we talking about? The Treasury index, a 30-year, a 30-year bond right now is getting 4.3% bought out of the market. 20-year bond is 4.4%. So why would you buy a bond from the government paying you 0.005? Like, yeah. <laughs> so there you go, folks. Simple, simple answers to big questions. There you are. Well, if you're wondering where this money went. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Silicon oh, Valley yeah. Bank ring a bell. <laughs> yeah. The first $63 billion increases in outlays for the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, a top bank regulator, that accredited to facilitating the resolution of bank failures that occurred in 2023. So we had three or four bank failures, I think, there, Shane. Silicon Valley being the uh, one most the biggest, commonly yeah. uh, referred to. So. Well, that's because it, you know, it it, it yeah. uh, caught the angel investors that they, they lost, and uh, those are people that invest first in 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 projects and deals that eventually go public. Yeah, and uh, it it caught uh, a lot of major corporations because they were invested in that bank as well. Yeah, and well, guess what? A lot of them put their money in there because this bank had what U.S. debt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so they so. thought they were okay. Problem no problem. <laughs> The problem was, is they couldn't sell the U.S. debt to cover their their costs. Yeah. You know, and it, it goes back to what we saw in, you know, 06, 07, 08. Yeah. Well, a lot of the debt was in tech stocks, and a lot of people were nervous about tech stocks at the time. So those Yeah, were, and they didn't want to sell they those. Didn't wanna, they didn't want to, uh, yeah, they didn't want to get rid of them. Well, we can also slam the Federal Reserve. Uh, the agency also highlighted a 65% increase in net outlays for interest on the public debt. From the previous year, which it noted was due largely to interest rates being significantly higher than they were during the two-month period last year. So, yeah, uh, well, that it, it's it, again a simple answer to this is that uh, the balance sheet of the Fed is so great, you know, mm -hmm. that they're still sitting on twelve tr trillion of U.S. debt themselves, which makes them the biggest uh, mm -hmm. winner of interest of us debt that then get circled back to the mm -hmm. treasury. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they end up being the largest payer of money to the treasury than anyone being taxed. So yeah. it, 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 excuse mm -hmm. me. I, I, I hope I could say this, but what did we call that in college? A circle jerk. Yeah. yeah that's what we're looking at. Yeah. Well, um, uh, we can't leave seniors like you and I out chain 12%. No, please. Social security benefits increased uh, 12%. 
and Medicare and Medicaid increased 17% uh, and uh, 1% respectively, and a 13% increase in spending on defense because we are funding Ukraine. So That's right. And what's your call on Biden if he stays in the election? Do you think he sends out another bonus check to everybody on Social Security? You, no, you remember, we've had you know, two. We've had two rate yeah. increases there. So I doubt. no, not the rate increase. But remember, three years ago, when he leaned into the microphone and said, "I sent you that." Yeah, right. <laughs> remember, every, anyone on Social Security, I think they got a two or three thousand dollar check. Yeah, something you know, like that. So, so anyway, yeah. Well, in other important news, we've got to talk about a federal judge on Friday blocked the federal government from separating families solely as part of border enforcement policy for the next eight years, stopping any potential return to the short-lived zero-tolerance policy of 2018. So the decision came as part of a settlement between families who were separated during that period and the Justice Department. So that, that shows you how your justice system works. Five years to get to someone to come to this situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Hunter investigation. Five years. Whoa, it's a bonus number, Thomas. Yeah. Well, once again, I will give the three reasons why uh, children are separated from their families at the border. The first one is that uh, the child uh, has to, someone has to prove the child uh, accompanying or the adult accompanying the child is a legal guardian or parent, not a child a child trafficker that's bringing them across to sell them into slavery or prostitution. Second one is that uh, we have to make sure that the child is not being abused by the parent or guardian and uh, or the person accompanying the child. And the third thing is that the adult accompanying the child, we need to make sure that that person is not wanted by the law in either their country or the United States of America. So those three reasons are why kids are separated from their parents until it's for the children's safety, not because, you know, anybody's being mean to anybody, but to protect the kids. So there we are. It's that simple. Well done, Eagle Man. Yeah, I thought I'd got that. Well, well, a federal judge has also blocked TikTok in Montana. Montana TikTok ban, which was originally uh, signed into law by Republican uh, Greg Gianforti in May, was blocked by a federal judge on Thursday. The ban, uh, the first such statewide legislation restricting use of the video platform, was uh, be- was set to begin on January 1st. SB 419 oversteps state power and infringes on the constitutional rights of users and businesses. Uh, Judge Donald Malloy uh, wrote in a pre- preliminary injunction. So I don't know. I have various thoughts about uh, TikTok. I don't use it. I'm not on it. I get a ton of stuff from people who are on it, uh, both on Facebook and my phone and everywhere else. But uh, I've just decided... Uh, it's, you know, I got enough problems with Facebook and Instagram and whatever else I have, Twitter and everything else. But this is part of your war with China. Yeah. TikTok, whatever, the algorithm should be provided to the U.S. government. China demanded everybody else's technology for them to build or do anything. They had to give it up. So there you go. Yeah. China gets it. 
we want it from them for TikTok, and they won't give it up. Yep. There Thank you. you. Go. Goodbye, yep. everyone. We got to go. <laughs> All right. Well, we don't have to go permanently. We're just going for a, a break at the bottom of the hour. So. <laughs> All right. Hey, we, we're going to be talking with uh, Rick Holden, who's running for Congress. And uh, we'll be chatting with him. He's over in Glendive. He'll be joining us by phone. Not going to take any calls because I, I, when I have these candidates on, I want to make sure they can make all their points and we don't get bogged down on some uh, one issue thing and, and takes up the whole time. So uh, hold your calls. Uh, we'll, uh, you can text message me if there's something that you want to uh, cover. And we'll be right back with Rick Holden right after this. Welcome back, everyone. 27 minutes before the top of the hour. It's Saturday. It's December 9th, 2023, and uh, we're happy to have uh, Rick Holden on the line with us. Uh, Rick, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. Tom, it's a great day, and yeah. uh, I guess we're where we are where Montana talks. Yeah. Well, we're, uh, we, the reason we wanted to have you on is uh, you're running for the, uh, uh, the Eastern uh, Congressional seat. Yep, as I understand it. And uh, uh, tell us a little bit for the listeners who may not be familiar with you. You're in Glendive, is that right? Yeah, uh, sort of. Um, I'm actually a farmer and rancher in Dawson County, so I live about 20 miles uh, upriver from Glendive mm -hmm. on the Yellowstone River. Our place is right right on the banks of the Yellowstone River. Mm -hmm. And I was also a, a state senator in Helena for eight years. And I served on the Agriculture Committee, Judiciary Committee, and the Transportation Committee. And um, so we're lifelong farmers and ranchers deeply involved in agriculture, which is, of course, Montana's number one industry. We are a farm state. Yeah, that's for sure. So uh, what, was the, uh, what was the trigger that got you uh, involved in, you know, you're sitting there watching TV some night and you say, holy yeah. smokes, I got to do something about this. This just can't go yeah. on. Yeah, so in uh, 2002, when my uh, Senate term ended, I, I made a clean break from politics. My kids were just getting into high school, and I could see that if I didn't stay home and raise these kids, I was going to miss everything that they were doing in high school. And so I made a clean break. I stepped away from it. And just like what you're saying, Tom, you sit and you turn on the news, watch TV, and you see uh, thousands of people coming across the border, for example, just disobeying all of our laws, breaking through barriers to get in here, and uh, that, that of course, is terrible. And then we've got, uh, like I mentioned before, we're a Montana farm state, yet when it comes to agricultural representation in Washington, D.C., we've got none. So we need some congressmen and senators that are elected to go to Washington, D.C., and get on the full uh, House or Senate committees. And so what I can do as a farmer and rancher with practical knowledge of the agricultural industry, I can run for that position, and that would be one of my top priorities is to get mm -hmm. on the House Ag Committee. Yeah. And that way we can participate. We can have Montana's voice um, as part of the discussions when it comes to the Farm Bill and things like that. The other thing uh, look at what this inflation has done to our dollars. So we get it. We get a nice price this fall for calves and for lambs. We raise both, and uh, and now the inflation rate comes along and it eats up everything that we worked hard to try and produce. And it's the inflation rate is actually a misery index at this point. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, a question from one of our listeners, uh, uh, Rick, is uh, the takedown of the dams, the Snake River, the Columbia, uh, the overreach, mm-hmm. I guess, by the BLM, the EPA, and everybody there. We've kind of counted on those, and I think at one point we sold all our dams at one point, didn't we? Uh, somewhere way back when. <laughs> Are you talking about on the Snake River? Yes, yeah. Well, it don't really matter to me. I don't understand the concept of tearing out our dams yeah. because they're either they're either generating electricity and providing irrigation for the area so we can grow food for this country or provide much needed electricity. We always need more electricity, not less. And Eastern Montana is actually a linchpin in the whole national economy when it comes to energy production because I know those of your listeners that are in the Gallatin Valley don't fully probably understand that clear over here next to the North Dakota border in eastern Montana, we've got um, 9,000 years of coal reserves. That's what, the, that's what the geologists have told us clear back in 1990. They said we had 9,000 years, and we're just not using it now. Mm-hmm. And we have oil. We have we have thousands of barrels of oil sitting under eastern Montana that it's not tapped into. And then on top of that, we have natural gas. And this all complements our agricultural industry here in eastern Montana. So everything that we have to, to offer to the national economy and to our own economy here in Montana is not getting used. And the liberals just seem to enjoy the idea of demonizing everything we're doing out here well we've got the uh president you know is on the ev kick uh you know let's get rid of fossil fuels in every possible situation that we can and um you know when as you point out we've got you know we're the treasure state we've got all these natural resources here but so much of it is federal land that you know, drilling on it requires uh, almost an act of Congress or God or somebody. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, this economy and the inflation rate is going to all turn around if we can once again start developing energy in this country and become energy independent the way we were when President Trump was in charge of that outfit back there. So um, I'm going to support the president in doing what he needs to do to lift those restrictions so we can start drilling oil. Um, you know, this is a step back in history. Let's look back. In the, in the 18, uh, let's just say roughly before 1860, our economies across the world were really generated on agriculture production. Then you move forward after the Civil War, and the countries that could develop and use Industrial manufacturing became the world powers, and they had the economies that were thriving. You move forward after World War II, and, and we brought massive production to the United States because all of the economies in Europe were shattered and blown to pieces. But now when you look at today's worldwide economy, it's whoever has the ability to become energy independent and generate electricity, for example, or have coal and oil, those are the economies that thrive. So those are the things we have in Montana, but yet the liberals are preventing those things from moving forward to provide the economy that we need 
to create new jobs for our kids here at home. Yeah. I I don't know, Rick, uh, with a new uh, with a new president, whether the Keystone Pipeline can be reinvigorated. But that would produce ninety million bucks of of uh, property taxes paid by Canada yeah. to the some of the yeah. poorest counties where you live yeah. in that eastern yeah. Montana area. So I don't yeah. know if that thing is dead uh, or not. Uh, I know Canada Shane Shane's been uh, mentioning that they're going to the uh, West Coast. Uh, with a pipeline in Canada. Well, I don't know if it would change. They've been so beat around now uh, on that Keystone Pipeline, but I can tell you that Dawson County, where I live, we lost out on $21 bucks because of the Democrat policies. Mm -hmm. Um, Hey, I'll tell you another quick story. Uh, You look at, you, you just mentioned that President Biden was attacking energy development in the form of these uh, electricity generated through coal. So people really don't know this in other parts of the state, I've found. But in Sydney, Montana, we had a great electrical coal-fired generation plant sat right on the south edge of Sydney, Montana, and only about 15 miles down the road at Savage, Montana, we had a coal mine, open uh, strip mine, that generated about 25 jobs. They loaded the coal up drove down the highway over to Sydney, took it to the electrical generation plant, and they were generating electricity for the oil, the Bakken oil fields in uh, North Dakota, eastern Montana, and then, of course, all of the area around here, we we used that electricity for our homes and farming operations. So President Obama came in, and he attacked coal, and he wrote an executive order to dismantle the plant in Sydney. But he didn't get it done in time before President uh, Trump got in office. So President Trump came in office, and the first thing he did is he tore it up. He tore up the executive order that would dismantle it. But you always hear about the things that presidents have on their desk for the first day that they're in office. And the first thing um, that President Biden had on his desk was to go ahead and tear down the electrical plant in uh, Sydney. And they did. And you can go to Sydney now, where that plant was. They blew the stack to pieces. They dismantled everything. There's nothing left. We will never be able to generate electricity there. All there is is, is a flat, grassy weed patch. Nothing. There, is, there are no jobs there anymore. The coal mine is not operational. We're not getting electricity. And I know earlier in your program, you said we need more electricity, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're doing exactly what I believe it was Shane said. We're producing less energy in the form of electricity when we need more. Well, that's where we find ourselves. You know, as I say, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to get all these charging stations. Uh, we just had a segment. Uh, Shane and I talked about uh, seven billion dollars, and no charging stations have been built in two years since that money was appropriated. So. You know, it's hard for us out here, just the common man, to look at government and their spending and uh, above all the waste they do and have yeah. confidence. Uh, you know, that's why we keep looking to people like you uh, to, uh, you know, go and <laughs> bring common yeah. sense to the floor of the house. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's the thing. When When you come from an agricultural background, we are practical people in Montana. 
those of us that are out on the land every day working to produce food for this nation, we have to look at all these things in a practical manner because Mother Nature is a very harsh disciplinarian for us. And so we can't sit in our houses and our office buildings and have these fancy ideas that aren't going to really work because we know that in eastern Montana we have to do things that do work. Our climate is such that we can't be lackadaisical about this sort of thing. So common sense has to play in on all of these issues, or we just don't survive. You mean my parents uh, and my grandparents, I should go back further, they were homesteaders. On both sides of my family, homesteaders. Mm-hmm. And just like thousands of Montanans, we were, we were brought into this country under the Homestead Act. And you go and look at where these homesteads took place, and there was just flat prairie grass. How they ever made it, I don't know. But the reason they did make it was they were practical thinking people, and, and they raised practical uh, thinking families, and that's why eastern Montana is, is, is great like that. And, and actually, it even goes over into Gallant Valley, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what uh, what are the things? Um, I know agriculture is your uh, main main focus um, because that's half of our, well, it's ha- half the uh, of the state is agricultural at least, except for the mountain uh, parts. But uh, yeah. what what do you see besides agriculture as what you want? What you would want to bring uh, to Washington? Yeah. All right. Well. First of all, on day one, I'll do everything I can to help our new president shut that southern border off. That's immediate. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we need to get that southern border shut down. And if Texas is doing everything they can, um, I mean, they're just getting constantly sued. Every time they do something, they get sued. So they, they can't do anything to stop this flow of people coming in on them. And so I think what we're going to have to do is we're probably going to have to bring the military in under the president's executive order and restore order down there because it's chaos. And all those people that are coming through the drugs and the cartels and stuff, they're funneling into billings. And and now we've got uh, law enforcement authorities are reporting all the drug cartels setting up camp there in billings. And they're shipping all that garbage out into the rest of our counties over here so that that has to stop right away i mean we just can't wait any longer two more years i can't even imagine i can't even imagine the mess we're going to be in by that time Mm -hmm. because the democrats tell us that that's okay that's a good policy and so we know they're not going to do anything to change it so it's left up to us um so the other important thing is i want to make sure that I get to the House leadership and get placed on the uh, full House agri- Agriculture Committee mm-hmm. because, of course, that is going to really play into how prosperous we are here in eastern Montana is if we have a strong governmental ag policy that complements the northern plains, and we don't have that now. Um yeah, so those are those are some of the things. There, mm-hmm. there of course, there's other. We're, we're not always just going to talk about agriculture. Sure, there's other things that are important mm-hmm. to Montana. 
Well, the other thing regarding the border, Greg Abbott, as you know, put up uh, barriers and uh, the uh, federal judges uh, made him take them down <laughs> to try to get, keep people from coming across. He put the floating barriers there. Yeah. And uh, it's it seems like our judicial system is hampering uh, the border more than anything else. And I don't want to I don't want to dwell on the border, you know, the for the time we've got here. But uh, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Rick Holden, uh, Dawson County, running for uh, the Congress uh, House of Representatives. And um, we hope uh, you will uh, find out more about him and support him. And uh, I, I guess uh, the other thing is that the the house seems to be in disarray. <laughs> we got we got we got rid of Santos, uh, censured. Yeah. Uh, you know, they censured the guy from the fire alarm, and uh, yeah. there's talk they're going after Matt Getz. Uh, you know, uh. the house seems doesn't seem to be the Democrats vote lock and step, but it seems like the Republicans yeah. are just I I don't know I don't know what's what's going on there anyway. <laughs> Well, it's the same way when I was in Helena in the state Senate. When you look at both of the parties up there, basically what you're looking at is one party is told what to do, how to do it, and how to vote. And I, I don't understand it, but they do. And the, the other party that I was part of is the Republican Party. And we're individual thinkers. And so that kind of gets in the way at times. And so when you see... What's going on in Washington, D.C.? It's because we are actually individual thinkers, and we don't just lockstep move along with whatever anybody has to say. And so there's going to be some more, um, obviously with that kind of a mentality, there's going to be some more pushback on what leadership might tell you to do, for example. So, um, But those things always seem to go in cycles. So I think by the time the next set of elections come around, you're, this is going to probably just settle down, and people are going to rethink all of this, and, and things are going to – I think things are going to settle down, and they're going to have to because they have to get back to business, and they have to look at what this inflation rate is doing to our people and, and our young people. I mean, I have to say, when I was 29 years old and I was buying my first ranch with my wife, I thought I could do it. I mean, I really thought I could do it and purchase the land. Now, when I look at the cost of this of the land and the property, I have to I have to say to myself, I don't know with with uh, agricultural land worth thousands of dollars per acre and things like that. So that means that those of us that are elected leaders have to think about how this is going to affect the future and stop worrying about ourselves so much in the present, but think about what is going to be best for our kids coming along later. Rick, if I may, um, I have a, a question I'd like to ask you. Um, it, 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 in regards to the fact that you're an insurance adjuster, so I, I'm a numbers guy, and I, I have a real concern about what I'm about to ask you. Um, incredible country. The prosperity is remarkable. Every week, uh, sports show us that. You see these stadiums and the people uh, cheering their teams on. Trillion-dollar industry, no question. My concern is insurance annuity. Um, as, a, as I said, an insurance adjuster, aren't you concerned that it's because this is an unregulated 
uh, equity or uh, industry or uh, you know um, insurance annuities are, are unregulated, but provide the benefit of wealthy people, for the sake of argument, uh, to pay the fifty to hundred million dollar salaries to to players that they do. You know, they they put five hundred million in, in an annuity. The, the insurer will provide anywhere from twenty ten to twenty percent return on it, and they. You know, they set up for 10 years to pay that guy's contract, which is why billionaires yeah. own teams. Don't you think there should be some uh, regulation with regard to this, or be, there, there should be some government overview of uh, insurance annuity? Um, well, I am not an executive. I am the low boy on the totem pole when it comes to insurance. Uh, the insurance industry. I'm I'm actually the guy that has to go out and look at that house that burned to the ground and try and determine <laughs> how many sticks of uh, two by fours it's going to take to rebuild it. That's that yeah. is my job. That's my off the farm job to try and make this outfit run. Um, so when it comes, <laughs> I'm not really sure specifically what is your what is your question and how would that relate to a federal policy? What is it you're actually getting at? Well, I, I think that in a downturn in the economy, uh, one of the issues becomes the, this massive trillion-dollar insurance annuity industry to pay for your sports across the country, all of them. And uh, mm -hmm. it's unregulated, and it's something Congress, I think, should uh, be concerned about. You know, it sure they sure seem to make a lot more than they ought to because I've always thought that that whatever you're doing for a company, doesn't matter what it is, but whatever you're doing, you should be contributing more to the company than what, um, you know, basically whatever you're putting into it. You need to be producing something for your employer. And yeah. like you say, when you, you talk about these board of directors that are getting these millions and millions of dollars, I got to wonder, really, if that particular person is really enhancing the the profitability of that firm or that insurance company is in your example i am well, no, my, my example was the 50 million to 100 million dollar contracts players individually being paid and how the, the billionaires managed to come up with the money to pay these you know 200 million dollar tenures oh tom I, wants I us to have, go on yeah thank you very much rick appreciate you joining the show <laughs> Well, we're not leaving yeah. you yet. <laughs> I'm just, uh, we've got about a minute and a half left, uh, Rick. I wanted to give you time uh, for any last words you might have for anybody out there who uh, uh, isn't familiar with you and uh, would like to know more about you. Okay. So if you don't get anything else from this, just know this, that Rick Holden is an agricultural producer in Montana. And I will be the only congressional candidate in this race that represents agriculture that has a real working knowledge of that industry which is our number one industry um, and Main Street Montana depends on that egg dollar coming in from the country and so we are all linked together but a linchpin is going to be our agriculture economy and how that's going to affect every single job inside of Billings Helena and Great Falls, the major cities in the Eastern District, and also Bozeman, because part of Eastern Montana 
goes into the Gallant Valley every day to work, and they have, and those egg dollars help out. So if you want to know more about Rick Holden, you can also go to our website, which is easy. It's just Holden for Montana, or you can go to Facebook, go to Rick Holden on Facebook. You can see all sorts of posts about the ranch and various things that we do all the time. But we're not all that fancy. Um, we're in the phone book. I mean, I'm in the phone book. Been in the phone book for 50-plus years. So if you really want to talk to me, just crack a phone book. All right. Call me. Well, thanks so much, Rick, for being with us. We're up against the top of the hour, so we've got to go. But uh, thanks so much for joining us, and thanks for the information. We appreciate it. You bet. You bet. We'll see you guys later. All right. Take care. Say goodbye, Shane. I will indeed be happy to be safe. Thank you very much, Thomas. And as I always say, live in the moment, because that's what we have, moments and seconds in this life, and live to work. Get up every day and look forward to the job that you're going to do. Make your family happy to see you when you come through the front door. And Merry Christmas, everyone, because yeah. we're in the season. Thank <laughs> you, Thomas. All right. Merry Christmas for me, too. And that's going to wrap it up for us. Thanks, Shane. Thanks for Rick Holden for being with us. And I am out of here.